Hey, I'm Gabriel Goldfeder. I'm a Jewish life consultant, a.k.a. rabbi. As someone who's making every effort to repair and to fix and to optimize certain aspects of my life, including my health, my work habits, my eating habits, etc., I'm very drawn to plans and systems that offer a clear path from where I am right now to where it is that I want to get. So I love that Rav Cook lays out clearly a path for the refinement of the human experience and of the spirit and of the soul. And he says, At first, a person needs to begin with the refinement of action. And afterwards, to refine emotion and character. And to rise from there to the purification and the refinement of the seichel, of the mind and of the intellect. And then matters will go according to their proper order. It seems that Rav Cook is saying that if a person doesn't fix their actions, then if they fix their midot, their midot won't have any actions through which to be expressed, and that will lead to a sort of collision between my newly somewhat refined character traits and my old actions and the habituality of my old actions may win and overthrow the new work that I've done on my character and on my midot. And the same would happen in terms of the interaction between my character and my intellect. And so therefore, it makes sense to work from the bottom up, so to speak, from the world of action, then to the world of emotion and character, and then to the world of intellect and mind. Ashrei mi shezochelachach. Fortunate, says Rav Kook, is one who merits this. But that's not always how it goes. Aval lifamim mizdamein hadavar she'ifshar la'adam la'asok petikuno kaseder. But sometimes it happens that it is impossible for a person to work towards their rectification in order. And for this person, it is forbidden for this person to look towards this order as the way they should be progressing. Rather, that person should grab whatever comes. And when that person's spirit is prepared for a rising or an ascent in terms of deot, in terms of knowledge and attitude and approach, let that person rise and be purified, and expand, let there be more Torah. Let that person go ahead and learn. Even though there will be many claims against that person from the content of their emotions and of their actions, meaning we're going to find those collisions, the person will feel some sort of dissonance between the Torah that they have learned and the way they are currently being in the world. And yes, that will be hard. Even if those claims come against some of the most basic behaviors and attitudes that that person should already have, 
being the interpersonal elements, those that express relationship between me and my fellow humans, even if I'm not refined on that level, still yet, let that person not leave that high place to which they have ascended. And this positive action that they are taking and this ascent that they are ascending with, let them do it with all and any means at their disposal. Even though there will be obstacles and it will be prevented from one or another side. Whether that be because of a lack of ability that a person has to implement that Torah and those ideas that they are learning, or even if it should come from a lack of will to implement those ideas and those attitudes about which they are learning. Just to review, Rav Cook is saying that like many paths of refinement, the path of the refinement of the spirit also would best follow a specific order, a tried and true order through which that person will create the vessels into which they can receive the light of the intellect and of the learning and of the attitude and of the knowledge that they're trying to attain. And this is like many other paths would lead to real change, but need to build up a certain kind of momentum, a certain kind of infrastructure that will allow achievements to be sustainable. But Rav Cook throws a spin on this thinking by telling us that, yeah, that's true. But sometimes a person can't go in order. And a person who can't go in order shouldn't stop and they shouldn't force themselves to submit to this order. Rather, they should grab whatever piece comes to them in whatever order it comes. Some learning here, some emotion there, an action here, some more learning, some more learning, another emotion, here's an action. You're thinking about adding more Jewishness to your life and you're really genuinely and deeply taken by the practice of the midnight prayer, even though it's totally obscure and very few people do it, and you're also not doing the morning prayer or the afternoon prayer or the evening prayer, there would be some logic in saying you should take that desire and channel it into the more established and the more common and grounded practices. But there's also something to say for yes, that's your thing right now. Midnight prayer, do it. You don't know your Aleph bet yet, but you're moved to learn the Zohar, do it. Or more surprisingly from Rav Cook here, you want to learn Jewish law, practical Jewish law, but you have no intention to implement it, do it. This last one for Rav Cook is surprising and is deserving of further inquiry. I understand those other three. Maybe we should do them out of order. Maybe action, emotion, intellect. Maybe there are times when I start in one place and start in the other. But to come in with a lack of will to implement these in some kind of practical way, how would that be okay to Rev Cook? And he answers that maybe that's not something you actually have the capacity to work on right now. Maybe that's not actually within your reach. And he explains, It can be sometimes that a lack of will to do something is not our fault. It's onus. It is something we are being forced to do from outside of ourselves. Though you might think you should work on your will and want to do this, it's very possible that you can't. Why? 
Real Cook goes on to explain that even though free will is a basic tenet of Judaism, and the deniers of this, Hakofrim Bebechirachavshit, Rav Kook sees that as a dea mushchetet, a distorted approach and opinion. Rav Kook doesn't allow himself to throw anything away, and he sees everything in the world as having some sparks of goodness, even denial of free will. So he says, Sometimes there are flashes or sparks from this approach to life, which he basically rejects, that could provide some healing for difficult illnesses of the nefesh, of the psyche. Maybe, even though we generally assume that free will is always available, there could be times when realizing or accepting or living as if I don't have free will in this particular situation could provide healing. It could make it acceptable that I don't have will to change in this way at this time. And though Rev. Cook doesn't seem to recommend invoking this perspective for all people at all times concerning all things, he insists that a person who struggles at that level should allow themselves to see their lives in that way to start from whatever place they can. And from there, they will expand and enlarge their actions. And they shouldn't be confused by or afraid of any obstacle. And Rav Cook is confident that once this process starts, holy might will begin to course through their soul. Let's see at Kodrachea and it will cause success in all their ways.